Well, guys, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Youth and Culture podcast, where youth ministry and culture collide. I'm your host, Ryan Sebastian, and I am joined with my co-host, David Pinkham. Ryan, I have a question for you. What is that? What is your favorite kind of apple? I'm not a big apple person, so <gasps> I can't really answer that question. Uh was not expecting that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a huge, even though I live in the mountains and I should be. Mm. Uh, but I would, I don't know, uh, maybe Gala or Honeycrisp. Okay. Two. Okay. That's, those are good choices. Honeycrisp is definitely up there. So um, I found out there's like over 400 species of apples on the planet, which is just insane to me. Some of them are disgusting. Some of them are amazing. Um, and I will probably say... Uh, my favorite is the Pink Lady apple. Uh, it's like that perfect balance between tart and sweet. And uh, this will probably be the most controversial thing we say on today's episode. But uh, when it comes to fall, I am all things apple because pumpkin is disgusting. <laughs> okay, I do have to be pumpkin, just eating pumpkin in itself. Yeah, pumpkin's gross. Disgusting. Pumpkin spice is delicious because it's the spices that are yummy. But the pumpkin itself tastes like dirt. Well, I like pumpkin pie. I can't, I nope. can't. Apple pie. <laughs> Love some pumpkin pie. But yeah, pumpkin by itself is, is, is not, not the best. Yeah. And I've heard that a lot of the stuff that you get in the store, like the pumpkin pie in a can isn't actually pumpkin. So that's frustrating. But the reason I asked is because over the weekend, uh, my family and I went to a, uh, like a Christian family owned orchard and we got a whole bunch of apples and we went to my in-laws and we spent the weekend making apple butter and applesauce and dehydrated apple chips and we're gonna make apple pie is so much apple stuff i love it <laughs> <laughs> yeah my favorite my favorite time is getting uh homemade apple cider that's probably one of my favorite things oh, to grab. Oh, oh. uh apple cider is why i think the pumpkin spice latte should go bye-bye because that needs to be the king of fall yeah, I get it unpasteurized too. Where some people are like, oh, but it tastes so much better. So much better. Get unpasteurized. And if you if you get it at the store, you have to get the right brand. And I'll tell all of you out there listening right now, um, if it's got a big red truck on it, you're good. That's a safe one. Uh whatever Sam sells, that one's good. And uh if it's White House or Lighthouse, walk the other way. It's just Slightly liquidated apple juice, which is just, (laughs) 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 but if I'll I'll get, I'll give people this. I don't want to cause too many fights. Apple is King pumpkin spice can be the queen. (laughs) I do like, I do do like my pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks at this time of year. (laughs) You're a basic white girl. (laughs) I can't talk. I am too. I get the white chocolate mocha with a raspberry. (laughs) (laughs) Pumpkin spice latte, man. I wish it was all, all year long. If I, I would be broke. It's all good out if I had, oh, to, if I had to go to Starbucks every single day. But I, I am 
excited about this episode in some ways because of I think again I think it's a topic that I need to revisit constantly because mm. uh, I think it's something that I, I naturally struggle with um, mm. and I really think in our social media driven selfie driven everything's perfect online driven mm. uh, culture this is very I think more people struggle with this in ministry than they want to admit and that's this um, this idea of being content having mm. contentment in ministry where you're and again that can that can multi-layered um, faceted type of uh, topic because a contentment can be contentment in ministry uh, what you're currently doing where God's placed you uh, culture all that because what I think we have a tendency of doing is I, I think we have a tendency of actually especially right now with social media that we're constantly looking and comparing looking and comparing looking and comparing and the more we fall in that trap uh, the less content we get to where God has currently placed us. Yeah, and I think you're you're hitting hitting on something that this is one of those things that we, we notice in our vein of life in ministry, uh, but it, it's pervasive across our culture uh, of this idea of not being content. There's a, was it I think it was at Rockefeller that was asked how much money is enough, and he just, and he said just one more dollar. Yep. And uh, I think it's something like that. I think even Tom Brady was like asked at some point, you know, how many Super Bowls is enough? And he said, just one more or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I, I could be misquoting, so don't Shanghai me for that. But um, the, I've just, you know, I watch what happens even online and uh, even in like per interpersonal conversations. And there's, we we haven't taken the time to sit back and enjoy and be content with where we are because there's always that next thing to do. There's always one more thing to do. There's always another thing to get. Um, the, the the trends that happen, like uh, I don't have TikTok, but I've heard that a lot of the viral trends that happen now are happening that they start somewhere on TikTok and some think tank of stupidity. And um, all these trends that happen online where people are doing the same videos over and over again. And it's because it's the next thing, like it's the next thing to be a part of. Um, and Ryan, you're going to love this. Do you know what the, the newest trend is that I've come across um, online? No, but <laughs> you're going to want to put your head through a wall. <laughs> probably not going to be surprised. So, Gen Z has discovered, um, I, don't, I don't remember what the term for it is, but it's basically um, tech-free walking. Um, they've discovered going on a walk <laughs> the challenge <laughs> cha <laughs> i can't even say it without cracking up the challenge is for you to leave your phone at home and walk outside <laughs> wow That's, that, that is i just hilarious. don't know how you document it <laughs> that is hilarious yeah yeah i now, yeah, when it comes to contentment, we can. There's different. There's different aspects of this, and the re reason why I said I, I, this is something I struggle with, and I think more people struggle with it more than they they get. In, they probably wouldn't want to admit. Is when I started ministry, I'm gonna be totally transparent. Went to I went to college, went to seminary, uh, Bible college, seminary, and you see all these these. Of course, we went to Liberty University, so we got to hear the world's uh, most exciting university. <laughs> 
most exciting university. Yeah, so we yeah we so we got to hear some some phenomenal speakers in in youth ministry and and were youth ministry majors and mm-hmm. got to hear some phenomenal speakers there too, and conferences and all that. And so, and during that time before social media, uh, that's kind of if you a lot of people when they found thought about success, they thought oh, be, speaking in that realm is a form of success. Mm-hmm. And so, they got stuck into this idea that uh that's something i want to do one day like i i want to be in ministry certain certain point uh i want to go up the chain per se and be in a mega church so i saw that as being successful in ministry as being in a mega church and from that point launching off to speak uh to do that yeah the count so so that was kind of my mindset. And again, that's kind of changed now to where everybody has a stinking platform. So it's a, it's a little bit different now, <laughs> but it, but with that being like, if you're very driven, very ambitious and kind of how I'm naturally wired, mm-hmm. it, it is very difficult to be content. And, uh, mm. even though I think part of never being content in a sense of, um, always want to improve, always want to be better. That's great. That part is, is, is totally fine. But when it comes to, I'm not satisfied where God has placed me. I think I need to be doing that. That is, that is what success is. This is what a success is. And you're not content of where God has currently placed you. Mm. Um, you're never going to have longevity in ministry. I think one of the dangers that we fall into when we get to that point where we're not like content with where we are, like it's essentially kind of like a grass is greener on the other side of the fence kind of thing um, where we think it's, and it's not, it may not necessarily be like, I want fame. I want notoriety. I want to feel important. It may just be, you know, I think God wants me to do this now. And I think God wants me to do this now. And I think God wants me to do this now. And I think the, the trap that we could accidentally fall into, uh, if not intentionally, but I'll, I'll um, be nice about it. Uh, we we could fall into this uh, pattern of because we're not content where we are, we lose our drive and therefore our ability to be faithful where we are. Um, I remember uh, back when I um, was on my way out of the first church that I uh, worked at. You remember those fun conversations you and I had back then. <laughs> yeah, lots um, of conversations. Yes. Uh, one of the things that I told my pastor, because uh, he was he, he was very, um, uh, when it came time for there to be some uh, intentional transition that was going, like we both knew I was, I was gone. <laughs> um, I, I asked for his discretion to quietly look um, and not, not start the rumor mill. Uh, and then once I found something solid, I could bring it before the church and he agreed and he kept to that. He kept his word. Um, and, but I also told him, I said, if you will, I don't think I did like an if then, but I basically said like, please, you know, uh, keep this discreet until it's time to, to go public with it. But I will also continue to do my job to the best of my ability and to continue shooting for the goals that have been laid before me 
to the best of my ability while I also um, start to to look for my next um, assignment. So um, I think that's something that I don't know if that's a generational issue or if it's uh, the church doesn't really talk about this that much, or maybe it hasn't been ingrained in those of us who are younger. But uh, wherever we are, if we're not applying ourselves to the best of our ability, then of course we're not going to be content, but we also may lose our ability to to be faithful in what we've been called to do. Um, you've been at your church how long now? Two years. Two years. Okay. So was there an expectation when you left your last church that the last, you know, six, well, how, how long, how long did you give your last church when you told them you're heading out? Well, I gave them actually, if I'm correctly, uh, three, three months. Okay. So three months. So was there ever an expectation that in the last three months you just get slowly lazier and lazier? (laughs) No, no, you were called there until you left. And so you stayed faithful um, and you continued to do the best of your ability and and continue to do your best to remain content in the Lord, knowing that you're about to have this upheaval of moving because anytime you get a new job and have to move for it, it's going to cause some kind of upheaval um, and you have to make decisions. But through that, if if there's not a contentment in Christ, uh, if there's not a contentment in who you are before him, and even in a contentment in your calling, then it's going to be difficult for you to to do what's right, to remain faithful, and f- to follow it up with even feeling like you're doing what's right, um, yeah, I'm, which yeah, is I'm dangerous. You, yeah, I'm glad you talked about uh, being faithful. Because um, it's, it's, it's when we go through periods of, uh, discouragement, frustration, mm-hmm. uh, that is actually, that's tied into a lack of contentment. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we can fall into this trap as well of not being faithful in the ministry that we're at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and quite frankly, and you can sum it up and I would say this, even though it may not describe it correctly as, but I would describe it as being lazy. Yeah. Uh, in, in some sense of you just stop mentally check out um for me personally i know this is a personality issue with me but i don't understand that um because <laughs> I, because of how driven i am and uh i just don't get that i don't get how you can just quit mm-hmm. I, I understand we we have areas of frustration Sometimes you want to beat your head against the wall. I've been there. I think we've all been there. Everyone <laughs> who is listening has been there. Yep. Uh, that we want to quit. But at the same time, I don't understand just giving up, not doing your job well, not doing the best of your ability. I don't understand it. Not, not, not saying that that's not a real struggle with people. It just, from where I'm wired, it is hard for me to grasp. I'm not quite an eight on the Enneagram. I'm really a uh, kind of one, but <laughs> I, I I have kind of leaned that way on some aspects. Oh, you're gonna <laughs> but, open up a can of worms, man! I am gonna open up a can of worms, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I I don't I I don't get it, and so I'd have a hard time I'd have yeah. a hard time with that. But the same sense, I understand. But what drives um, 
again, the lack of a contentment is this idea of, of how do you define success? How do you find mm-hmm. what it means to be faithful in ministry? And, and sometimes, you, depending on what the situation is, you have to ask yourself, are you really called to ministry in some sense? Because the reason why I say that uh, is because, again, a lot of us who enter ministry uh, enter ministry without understanding what it means to be in ministry. Mm. And so by the time we get into ministry, we're dealing with people, we're, deal, we're, we're dealing with people's junk. That's what discipleship is. You're dealing with people's junk and moving through and people into maturity, as Ephesians 4 speaks on, and maturity and unity in the body of Christ. And when you do that, it, it is messy, it is hard, it is difficult, it is grueling work. It's not easy at all. Yeah, um, that's, that's one of the things that I appreciated about the professors I had at Liberty when I was a, in the student ministry program, because the first class you have to take for the youth men degree, um, the professor basically told us th- the purpose of this class is to rip the veneer off and let you know what ministry is actually like. Um, and if you can make it past this class, then there's a good chance you may have actually been called to youth ministry. And I passed that class and I went to the next one and he was like, so this is actually that class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, like I, that I, was just to see if you could, like we could scare off the ones that are just here for an easy A now we're really going to get into it. And by the time we got to the end of the degree, I was like, okay, ministry's messy. All right, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, we, I can't remember which class it was. Uh, David, you may remember that we talked about uh, like when to quit. Mm. Uh, when is, again, again, we, we even through our classes, we talk about longevity, longevity mm. ministry. But uh, when, is, when do you need to quit? Um, ministry that you're currently in and anyway it's that it's same aspect very appreciative but what i want to do i do want to kind of again tie this into scripture a little mm-hmm. bit um Not i want to good. tie this into second corinthians 12 and again there's a lot of passages that talk about contentment that paul specifically talks about content contentment but i just want to hold in on on and kind of kind of laser focus on uh chapter 12 of second corinthians Kind of go through nine through uh, verse ten. He says this. He says, "But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with my weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when am I, I am weak." then I am strong. Uh, again, and again, there's multiple passages Paul talks about being content. And this is talking about being content in hardships, difficulties, persecutions. Uh, but the same applies to our life. For in, in ministry and how we do ministry, you're going to deal with difficult stuff. Mm-hmm. You're going to diff- deal with hardships. That is ministry. Find contentment in that because God works through your weaknesses your hardships, your difficulties. Um, so you may, so again, we, you may be listening right now and you, uh, and you may be found, be in the same place. I think Dave, you've been there before. I've been there as well in ministry where you're, uh, where basically you're dealing with something that's extremely difficult. 
Yeah. You're ready to give up because you're seeing what you're, you're dealing with as something less than what somebody else is dealing with. Again, it's that comparison in ministry, mm-hmm. which leads to uh, a lack of contentment. But in reality, what you're seeing and what you're hearing is a surface. You're only seeing one aspect of a person. So you may it's be like, seeing yeah. someone who you think is successful, but in the background, their marriage is awful, about to fall apart. They're losing their kids' lives. Um, again, we talk about a John Wesley, which all of us, all of us have, have known from studying church history. What is not taught in church history with John Wesley is that his marriage was awful. He's not the only one. There's a lot of dead guys with great beards that were we quote on Sunday sermon from behind a pulpit and their home life was horrendous. Yeah. And, and so again, so instead, instead of being looking towards other people, what we see as, as successful, uh, whether it's speaking, whether it's being in megachurch, whatever that may be, what we have to understand is instead of looking towards what we think is the horizon, we need to be looking towards God. Where do you want? Yeah. And being faithful where he has you, whether it's in a small church of 60 people or in a, it could be a mega church of, of thousands. Well, and I think we, we need to, so the, the question you just asked that we should ask ourselves instead, that needs to be something that we answer some of the easy parts of that question first. Um, the not like what do you want next but like what do you what do you call me to here right now um we need to like uh, we've talked i've talked about this before in the podcast where we have this thing as human beings where we think we don't say it out loud is not true um and if so if i if i say it out loud now i have to address it uh which is the silliest thing um and we will eventually do a, an entire podcast episode where i just rant about uh, perception being reality anyway um <laughs> But we need to answer that question in the short term now, immediately after the question gets answered, so that we can get to the things that we're actually thinking of when we think of that question. Because, um, like, let's just let's just take me and you as the example, since we're the two people in the conversation. What has God called us to right now? Well, I can guarantee you one hundred percent for sure that God has called you, Ryan, to be a faithful husband. You know why? Because you're married. <laughs> he, I can also guarantee that he has 100% called you to be a faithful father. You know why? Because you have children. <laughs> um, he, he has called you to be a faithful son. You know why? Because you were born. <laughs> you have mommy and daddy. Like there's like, he's called you to be a faithful Christian. Why? Well, because you've been redeemed by the lamb. So there are those like short term will of God things for your life that, we have to answer before we get to this great big what's my ministry calling ethereal question that likes to float out there and bother us in the back of our mind. I mean, you look at um, Joshua, um, I, the the way Joshua, the book of Joshua starts just cracks me up because you would think that God would give this guy this great motivational speech. You know, it says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Great motivational speech. The first thing out of the of the Lord's mouth: Moses is dead. <laughs> now go take the land. Um, like that's it. Um, it's a little bit more wordy than that, but um, he he's just like, all right, that's over. Your turn. And 
and and when it when, when it comes to like the what you were talking about earlier about like finding the connect the contentment and being faithful and how do we do that? Uh, well, God tells Joshua how to do that later on in verse uh, eight. Uh, he says, "This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it." meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it for then you'll make your way prosperous and then you will have good success um i mean can we harp on it anymore but if you want to be successful in ministry if you want to successfully find contentment in ministry or even in your family in you being a husband you being a father uh you being a youth pastor um meditate on the word of god because that is uh, and you you mentioned this earlier. I think we were talking through like Matthew seven. That's the straight and narrow we have to stay on. It is following closely the word of God. And we even talked about this yesterday in church, uh, or yeah, yesterday in church. You, you have to. You can't follow something you don't know. So you have to spend copious amounts of time in the word of God. And and I can tell you, like, you can listen to this podcast. You can read all the books. You can go to the seminars. You can meet with guys over coffee or dinner, have people over to your house, and you have all these grand and great discussions. But you will have a nagging at the back of your mind and in your soul of never really finding contentment until you commune with the Father over His Word. And and that and it's not a magic formula. It's not like let me get seven days in a row and I'll be good. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it is a like we all like to lift up several of the Old Testament saints as examples of people. Like even Hebrews mentions them. One of our favorites is King David, man after God's own heart. That guy was so messed up and made so many stupid decisions that he had to write a psalm that said, I meditate on your word in the morning, in the evening, and I get up in the middle of the night <laughs> and I yeah. do it then too. Like this is that that this is how aware. David was of his absolute need for the Lord and his word because he was never going to find it anywhere else. And he fa- he tried. Like he may not have been overt about it like his son in Ecclesiastes, but he tried to find happiness and fulfillment and feeling good about things in other ways. And, and he didn't. He even got a little boastful. I know Satan was involved in this one, but he got a little boastful. He's like, let's see how big the country is. And God cursed the country because of it until David repented and then had to accept the punishment. But all of these things are that when we get out of line with the will of God, which means we've not been in his word, then we're not going to be content no matter what. Even if we do find like um, what you mentioned earlier, Ryan, if we get the big numbers, if we get the mega church, which I really don't know why that's a goal. That's so many people. Um, it's, it's so many people. Like I, I get the appeal of like, there, there's aspects of it. Like if you can get a church big enough, you can bankroll some missionaries. Like you could send people wherever you want in the world to go spread the gospel. That's an exciting aspect of it, but it's never going to work really the way it's supposed to. If the people that are within that church are not connected to the word of God, connected to each other and finding contentment in the relationships there so that they can come together as one and send missionaries out everywhere or go plant churches or do whatever it is that they're going to do. But the, the contentment piece we need to find can't have this nagging, this fleshly nagging feeling of, I want to get to the next level. I want to get to the next position. I want to get to the bigger church. I want to get to the next platform. I want to get to the next thing. Uh, e- even that like whole mentality, Ryan, of the, I got to get to the next, what 
stop. Just focus on what you're doing. Do it to the best of your ability. And when you've completed that task, ask, what else can I do, Lord? Yeah. But don't start asking before you have not faithfully completed what you've been told to do first. Yeah. And that's one thing that I, again, I, like I was saying, I naturally struggle with this. Um, And you want to enter the ministry. um, Even though I I had an example of longevity in one location, and that's what I I deeply wanted, wanted. But at the same time, there was a nagging thing that was inside of me of wanting to go to the the, the next big uh, big thing, Mm -hmm. wanting to be the, the next big church. Uh, even 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 while I was at my church, uh, previous church, and serving there, and and again there was there was some frustration, some stuff, and that's just part of ministry. Uh, but I can remember getting contacted uh, by a church in Orlando. It's a it was a mega church, multi-site church that uh, Orlando, Florida, that wanted me to uh, apply to their uh, their one of their youth pastor positions basically over youth ministries at their campuses. Hmm. And man, at the time it was extremely appealing. I was like, man, God, are you, t- are you telling me to go this route? And I talked to my wife and of course she was like, Nope, not going. Wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> Very much so. And, uh, and so, yeah, so, so I'm and looking back, I'm extremely thankful because uh, the more the more I'm maturing in ministry and growing as a pastor, um, I'm understanding that it's not necessarily bad. Like again, I I grew up in a large church. We, Dave, you and me both served at a very large church. There's no, nothing wrong with it. It's mm-hmm. just it does become more difficult uh, to have effective discipleship. It gets more difficult. I'm not saying it can't happen. It just gets way more difficult. Uh, the larger size of the church it is. Yeah, well, I mean, the more people you have, the the more people you're going to need that are motivated for discipleship. Correct, correct. And it just it's just hard. But anyway, and uh, and for me now, when I'm looking at my contentment, I've and going through everything I've gone through in ministry since I've started full time ministry, and I'm, I'm realizing now that um, if my walk, I kind of go what you're talking about, Dave. If my walk with Christ my walk with God is uh, where it needs to be. If I'm making God a priority, and, and you, you think, you, and you, some of y'all may be listening, so why in the way you take your pastor? Shouldn't you be taking, <laughs> putting God as a priority? But the reality is, you'd is be that, surprised. Ex- <laughs> exactly. You know, we, we get we get caught up in our own giftings. Uh, that instead of relying on God, we're relying on our own giftings, our own abilities, uh, and. So it's very easy to push God to the side. You may and find so, yourself unhitched from yes. Scripture. Yes. And so the the more I'm growing in my relationship with, with God, the more I'm prioritizing Him in my life, the more I'm growing uh, personally uh, in my walk with Him, uh, the more I'm understanding the value of what contentment is and and what it is and what it means and the value of it in ministry and understanding that uh, no matter where I'm doing, whether it may seem minuscule and small, 
God is still using it, whether I see it or not. And part of that, what led to that mentality was, uh, and, and I believe we shared this on the podcast before, but I had two, two students, David, you may um, remember who they are, but we had two students in my, in my group when I, when I was at Heritage, a small group leader I wasn't in, I wasn't in ministry, full-time ministry at the time. And there were, I was in a, over a high school group and one of the, two of those guys in my group, they graduated out, never thought, I thought that they were going to go to college, ruin their lives. Mm-hmm. And just, and just, they had no heart for God, care less. Um, and so, uh, they graduated out for us a few years later, I left. Uh, and then 10 years later, I get a phone call from one of them and they just called me and just said, Hey, I just want to let you know that I turned my life around, um, following Christ and, and serving and, and you're one of the reasons why, um, God used you in my life at a time where I needed you. I just wanted to say thank you. And then I was like, I was like, wow, as we talked for a while, literally the next couple of days, I get the a call from the other student <laughs> calling me the same conversation saying, Hey, I just want to call you and let you know that I gave my life to Christ. And that God's calling me to be a pastor, and you're one of the reasons why. Wow. And it just blew me away. And and again, because again, for 10 years, I'm like, I thought thought these kids were, quite frankly, this sounds bad when I say this. I feel like they're going to the handbasket. (laughs) Yes. Like I wasted my time with them. Yeah. Like I would pour into them, I I would meet with them. Uh, but it seemed like I was beating my head against a wall constantly oh, with him. Dude, and that's so hard. It's, it's very difficult, but, and I wasn't, it, what made me realize at the time, again, there's multiple, multiple lessons that I learned from this, but one, one thing I learned is being content in the small things. Cause even at that point I, I was, I was just serving. Mm. I wasn't, I wasn't a student ministry, full-time student ministry at the time. I was a volunteer. Yeah. I was just a seminary. I was a volunteer. I was nobody in some sense. Uh, but at the same time, even, even at that time, even though I, f- I felt like a nobody, felt like a, uh, had that men- it felt like I wasn't in ministry, I wasn't successful, uh, even, even when I got that phone call, same sense, it was, there was a sense of that, of, not feeling successful, not feeling content where God has me. I get that phone call from both of them. I realized, man, God, are you using me in ways I never saw? Um, I think instead of sitting here and complaining mm. about where I'm at, what I'm dealing with, I need to be grateful that you're using me in ways I cannot even see. And I think it's important for us to have those conversations with brothers in arms share those stories with each other because i've had those days even recently where i'm like man lord is like anything i'm doing like making a difference and you just reminded me i just checked to verify this um and i still can't believe this is true but uh <laughs> uh one of the guys in the youth group that we served in together 
um, I, I, I tried to disciple him and, and he was receptive, but we never really like we tried, it was during the era where discipleship meant taking them through a book, (laughs) (laughs) uh, instead of just talking about scripture. Um, and we got like halfway through the book, I think, but you know, uh, we developed a good relationship and, um, and I, you know, after I kind of moved on, I always wondered, like, did I make a difference in this kid's life? Um, and I ran into him during the support raising phase to get ready to go full time with Word of Life and found out he's now the pastor of kids ministry at that church. And on Sunday, we got to visit because the family's still living in town there. And when I went to pick my kids up at the end of church, uh, he was leading them in some worship song. And I realized there's a kid, well, he's not a kid anymore. <laughs> he's married now, but like this guy, the Lord allowed me to pour into his life when I was a young idiot college student and he was a high schooler. And now he's a pastor ministering to my children, which is trippy. <laughs> But it's it's one of those things where you realize, you know, yeah, the Lord's using you, um, but take the time to be thankful and, and grateful for the things that he has allowed you to be a part of, uh, because we really don't know uh, the full fruit of what's going to come of faithful service. And I think that's something that would be wise for us to remember. Um, and, and this, while you were talking, this verse popped in my head, and I'll end with this. I think this is, um, I think those who are listening will be smart enough to realize where I'm going with this as I read it, but it's from first John chapter two, uh, in verse 15, it says, do not love the world nor, or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. And I think when it comes to ministry, we can get caught up in the ministry version of the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. You know, getting on stage, speaking to millions, um, being an influencer, um, having people look up at you, literally and metaphorically. <laughs> um, and uh, that that's the things that the world wants us to get wrapped up in instead of abiding in him and doing his will, which we will only be able to do if we stay within his word. So uh, hopefully this was a thought provoking conversation for those of you listening today. Uh, We want to thank you for listening. And if you haven't yet, please uh, take a minute to leave a comment or star review. This will just allow us to stay near the top of the search results so that as uh, people are looking for youth ministry podcasts to help encourage them in ministry, they'll find us. And uh, if you want to hear a topic, please reach out to us. Uh, We'd love to discuss things you guys are interested in hearing about. Uh, Even if we have to rehash something we've done before, uh, you can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. We have a Facebook page, but we also have a Facebook group. So if you're a youth ministry worker and you want to hop in the group and dialogue with others in there, and me and Ryan will both be in there and uh, answer any questions you have or uh, see if we can get a topic covered that you'd like to hear. Well, guys, stay tuned for our next episode.